In an earlier episode, while talking through Colossians, uh, Russell, lead pastor, introduced a unique idea to us that knowledge will directly correlate to action. The more you know about Christ, the more you ought to look like Christ in how you live. And so we've spent four episodes talking about principles and precepts from Philippians chapter two. And today we turn to look at the practice that is attached to these precepts. We're going to see three examples of humble servants and be challenged to be humble servants ourselves. Know the Word is a McGregor podcast that offers a relevant and refreshing focus on understanding and applying God's Word to your life. We'll discuss life-changing truths of biblical faith that comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. I'm your host, Nathan Bottomley, and joining me today is Abigail and Faith. Join us as we open the Bible so we can know the Word. Well, welcome Abigail Miller and Faith Bottomley. (laughs) Thank you. How are y'all doing? Good. Okay. Uh, same as last time. Do you have any interesting facts about yourselves? You want to go first to me? You can go ahead. Okay. Um, I have run the Walt Disney World Marathon, and I actually forget that fact about myself. Is it all of 26 miles? And a quarter. And a quarter. Mm-hmm. Canadians don't measure in miles, so I <laughs> no. struggle. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, my fun fact is once we went to the U.S. with our dog in the back of a helicopter, I was terrified the whole time, but luckily our dog is an emotional support animal, so it was fine. <laughs> I have some great photos of Faith and the dog in the back of the <laughs> helicopter. They are worth the while. Well, let's dive into Philippians chapter two, shall we? So as mentioned already, we've been working through chapter two. And we've seen precepts and concepts and commands on ways to live. And then all of a sudden we get to kind of the last section we're going to look at in chapter two, which gives us some exemplary ways to live. Now, before I do that, I had a question for y'all because this is, you know, part of humility is service. And we're going to see three servants, model servants, uh, and we're going to look at them one by one. But before we get there, I wanted to ask y'all, have y'all ever served in local churches where you've been? Yes. Yes. All right. So more specifically, where have y'all served in these churches? What ministries have you guys in some capacity served in, in any church at any point in your life? I'm just curious. Um, I've done a lot. I've served basically from like preschool all the way to high school at any point. I've served in children's and youth ministries a lot. Um, and I've done worship ministries here and there, music stuff, music stuff in the Christmas production. (laughs) Can't forget about that. (laughs) Um, I've served mainly in a kid's ministry. I did youth the first year we were here at McGregor Baptist, but have not since having our baby. Fun, fun. All right. Well, I'm going to do a real quick recap on how we got to the end of chapter two. And it's not, you know, well, obviously we started in verse one and we read through it, but how did we get to this section? So the first four verses way back when with Jake and Jesse, uh, it highlighted for us the reason that unity is important. Our being in Christ means that being of one mind of one accord is important. And in order to do that, we pulled out, something from verses three and four that said we ought to be humble. 
Paul has been writing about humility and why it's so important. So the first four verses are about that. Then in verses five through 11, which y'all actually got to do last time, we talked about the supreme example of humility, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus. <laughs> Sunday school answers. They're, they're freebies, guys. We're so on the spot. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't prep you for that one. Yeah. yeah uh, Sunday school answer. Jesus. The supreme example of humility is Jesus, who counted equality with God, not something to cling tightly to. Rather, he emptied himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, not just death, death on a cross. Christ incarnate took on flesh, and that is a model example of humility. Then in verses 12 and 13, since we know that the aim is humility and we have an example in Christ, we're called to work out our salvation. So then we flip again into the next section. We looked at verses 14 through 16, and we're reminded that we are to do everything without grumbling or complaining, knowing that our labor for the Lord is not in vain, even if it is difficult. And so we don't need to grumble. We don't need to complain. In fact, we should shine forth the gospel in our attitude of humble service. And thus we arrive where we will be today at verses 17 through the end of chapter two. And this chapter comes to an end after talking about all the humility, the reason, the example, not grumbling, complaining. It comes to an end by giving us three faithful examples of servants. This whole chapter, like I've just said, has been highlighting what a humble servant is. It's been giving us precepts and commands and the things to do. They strive for unity, empowered by the spirit. They do not grumble or complain, and they recognize and strive for Christ's supreme example. But often in our pursuit, our pursuit, sorry, uh, to follow Christ, we can become discouraged to imitate him because we're sinners. I mean, how easy, you ever see like the, what would Jesus do bracelets? Y'all know what I'm talking yeah, about. Mm -hmm. We know that Christ, I mean, we kind of like take on this attitude of, well, we know Christ is the perfect example and we know that we're going to struggle with sin. So oh, I might as well just throw up the white flag. I'm not going to try. And what's unique is that at the end of chapter two, instead of giving us, I mean, we've already talked about Christ, the supreme example of humility, but now we get three examples of people who would have struggled with sin because none of them are Christ. So they would have struggled with sin, but they aim at humble service. So they are sinners who struggle, they labor, they toil, but they serve as living examples of what that humble service looks like. And each of them is devoted to the Lord. So we're going to go through these one by one. Y'all are going to highlight some, some key things and then I'll, uh, you know, we'll kind of talk, talk about them. So first one up is Paul. So Paul appears in Philippians 2 as an example of what humble service looks like through verses 17, 18, and 19. So I'll read them. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by the news of you. So real quick, before I ask you guys, uh, notes about Paul, Paul, this is the apostle Paul. That is the Paul that wrote this letter. That is formerly Saul. He uses himself as an example of service. So let me ask you, this is a question to y'all. Uh, how does Paul describe humble service 
in these three verses of this section? What does he say that makes us think humble service? He views his life as an offering, so a, like a living sacrifice. Yeah, so Romans 12 is a great example of what it, you know, Romans 12, we think of that living sacrifice. Yeah, he views his life as an offering. And actually a specific type of offering, you'll see in those verses, what is that specific offering that he views himself as? A drink offering. Yeah, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. So a couple of things to note. A drink offering is a lesser, I would argue lesser, but visible offering in addition to the main offering. And what is the main offering? It actually says uh, poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. Paul's offering was like the lesser visual drink offering. It wasn't the literal animal being sacrificed. It was the drink poured on top that was visible. And so that's actually humble in and of itself. Because, I mean, think about Paul versus the Philippians. Paul did a lot of things, and yet he actually says that that's the lesser offering. But he lived, what's important to note, though, is he lives his life like an offering, a drink offering. And despite saying that he lives his life as a sacrifice, he still maintains an attitude that he writes about. What do you guys see about his attitude or disposition in these verses? He's glad. Yeah, he's glad. It seems so distant and simple all at the same time. Yeah, he's glad and rejoices despite all that's going on. And remember the context too. I mean, this is going back to the, the beginning of Philippians. The context in which he's writing this letter, like he's likely imprisoned at, you know, we kind of assume he's under house arrest. He can't go anywhere. He can't do anything. He can't work. And yet he describes his life as a sacrifice. And then he maintains an attitude of joy. And I think right there is a key. If we want to get and understand what it is to be a humble servant or to model this humility in how we serve, then we need to see this, that Paul models that humble service involves sacrifice, but that is cause for great joy, right? Paul had a great joy and he knew what it meant to sacrifice things for the Lord. I mean, he was, I mean, he talks all the time about running the race well, right? Doing things well, his running, I mean, he says right before he's worried about running in vain. It's in verse uh, 16, which is before what we're looking at. Humble service involves sacrifice, but it doesn't detract from our joy. All right. Well, then he gives us a second example of someone who serves well, and we can model our service and our humble service after. And that person is Timothy. So Timothy was like Paul's son in the faith. He worked closely with Paul and he is the one to whom Paul wrote, surprise, surprise, first and second Timothy. So let me read. Timothy comes up in verses 19, which we were overlapping here, 19 through 24, which say this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will, gen who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I have therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. 
And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. All right. So we're looking at Timothy here in this next little section. So how is Timothy exemplary to us in these verses? He's genuinely concerned for the welfare of the people. Yeah. He actually has great concern for others. Now, remember, think back to when we first started talking about humility all the way back at the beginning of chapter two. In fact, the first time we opened in chapter two, there's a verse, uh, verses three and four, right? Uh, there it is in verse three. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. And then when we read about Timothy, it's in verse 20. Timothy, I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Christ. All right, so Timothy's actually like concerned for the Philippians. Mm -hmm. He's not worried so much about himself. And he models this, right? This concern for them. Someone concerned about the well-being of others. Not only that, it's not the only thing I think that's unique that pops out about Timothy in these passages. There's a unique point that pops out between Paul and Timothy and their relationship specifically. What do you guys, what else do you see? Sorry, that he has been faithful in serving with Paul. Paul trusts that he can send him without having to worry about him seeking his own interests. Yeah, I think that's, that's a key kind of thing. I mean, you wouldn't send somebody to do work if you didn't trust them to do the work. Yeah. And we read, I mean, look at verse 19, right? Paul too wants to send Timothy because he wants to be cheered by news. He hopes to be with them. Uh, you see that in verse 24. But in this talking about sending Timothy, right? He said, there is no, I have no one like him. What does he mean like him? Well, we said he's concerned about their welfare. But then in verse 21, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Christ. All right, so Timothy seeks the interest of Christ. There's another point. And then verse 22, but you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. Timothy has faithfully served alongside Paul. And Paul kind of commending him but while writing to the Philippians, but he commends him uh, in, in, well, verse 22, his proven worth, the way he has lived has proven worth. And so, We've just said that Paul models humble service that involves sacrifice that causes joy. What is, what does Timothy model? Concern, sympathy. Yeah. I think that's exactly, it's in that verse, right? He's concerned for the welfare. This is someone that cares greatly about others. And so Timothy models that to be humble, it involves acknowledging there will be sacrifice there is greater joy than, than us finding our own and, you know, what is filling the, you know, whatever women desire I have. That's not the point. No, no, no. It's striving after doing the Lord's work and doing it the Lord's way. There's joy in that. There's sacrifice. And then Timothy adds to that. There is care. There is concern. There is sympathizing with people, coming alongside people. And it, again, back to those verses, right? Look not to your own interests, but the interests of others. Count others more significant. And I think Timothy does a good job modeling in these verses that, yeah, it's possible. You can care for other people and in that be a humble servant to Christ. Well, then we have a third example, and this is what closes chapter two. So 
we've got examples of humility in Paul and his servanthood. We've got examples of humility in Timothy and his servanthood. And then we're introduced to somebody here in verse 25 to the end, which say this, I have thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. All right. We're introduced to another guy, Epaphroditus. So some things to know about Epaphroditus. We really, we really don't know much about Epaphroditus. (laughs) So obviously he was trusted to some extent because the Philippians were willing to send that man. And not only that, we read that he was sent to Paul with a gift and sent from Paul with this letter back to the Philippians. So he was obviously trusted, um, trusted to some extent. Uh, And this is the only time he appears in scripture. There's been cases made that he could be someone else elsewhere, but it really doesn't seem likely. In fact, we know that other guy is not him. So uh, this is the only time he appears. This is all we know about him. And Paul chooses to use him as an example of what faithful service looks like. So here's my question to y'all looking at the text again. How does Paul describe Epaphroditus as a servant? What things does he say that make him exemplary? He was near death and he was still serving. Yeah. So one of the things that makes him exemplary is that he almost died. In fact, where is it? It's at the end there. It says, uh, for he nearly died for the work of Christ. This man is willing to risk it. (laughs) We always, you know, I was going to make a joke there. It's probably better. I don't, but my point, I mean, it doesn't get more kind of plain than that. He nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking. This is a willing man. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. If he almost dies because he was doing faithful work. Yeah. Uh, Not just that Paul. How does Paul describe him? Kind of look in verse uh, 25. There's, there's like five titles given to him. He describes him as a fellow worker, soldier, brother, also as a messenger and minister of Philippians. Yeah. So to Paul, he's three things. Those are the first three that you mentioned. He is, Oh, I've lost it. There it is. To Paul, Epaphroditus is a brother, a fellow worker and a fellow soldier. And to the Philippians, he is a messenger and a minister to Paul. Mm-hmm. He and and what happens to him, and then he gets to it's in verse uh, the end of verse twenty six or the beginning of verse twenty seven. What happens to Epaphroditus? He was ill. He got sick. Yeah, he gets sick. In fact, verse twenty seven gives us an extent of this sickness. It is not the sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, he was ill near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but me also, lest I have sorrow upon sorrow. So this, but then what's his? Okay, well, I'm just. This is just a random question. It doesn't have much to do with this. If you succumb to great illness, what's your greatest worry? That I'd be leaving Selah without a mother. 
Okay, so worried about. Okay, that, that's that's fair. Yeah, there's some worry for your kids. If you get gravely ill, you're on your deathbed. Yeah, you might be worried about. Well, what's gonna happen to my kids? Especially when your kid's young. Mm-hmm. Who's he worried about? The church. Yeah, he's worried about the Philippians. <laughs> He, oh, well, we're, let's find it. Let me pull it verbatim out of the text here. Right. So he was, uh, he had been longing for you all and had been distressed because you heard that he was ill. So the Philippians get wind Epaphroditus is not doing well. And he's distressed because they heard that and likely worried about him. So how does he model faithful servanthood? Well, here's the thing. Despite his own circumstances, he's more concerned about, again, let's back in, hey, he models verses three and four of this chapter. Do nothing from rivalry, rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant. He's more worried that they're potentially worried or anxious or distraught than he is about his illness. Because nowhere in here do we see that he's like, woe is me, I'm on my death. You know, that super <laughs> dramatic, that's not him. He, he seems to instead, he's a fellow soldier and worker of Paul and he gets ill and he's worried. He's well, has been distressed because the Philippian church heard that he was ill. This like Timothy, this is a man that's concerned about others. And that's what humility is. And not only that, I mean, he had some concern for Paul. He was sent by the Philippians to Paul to take care of him in this time of need right? Remember if you're under house arrest, you can't work. Yeah. You're not making money. Yeah. And the Philippians, you know, put together this gift, this love offering that they can barely afford. And they send it with the Paphroditus to Paul because they want to serve Paul. They're worried about Paul, his interests, his needs, and they want to cover that. And so these are three examples of people that are, are humble. The, you know, we've talked about, we spent all this time in chapter two talking about what it is to be humble. What does a humble person look like? They don't complain. They, they imitate Christ, not holding or grasping anything, willing to let everything go because they're not looking to their own interests, right? They're looking out for the interests of others. And in that there is unity. So there it is. Three examples of what humble service looks like. You have Paul, the rejoicer, while he pours himself out sacrificially, he maintains rejoicing. You have Timothy, a willing servant who has compassion on people and faithfully follows after Christ's likeness, aiding Paul. And then you have Epaphroditus, one who served humbly despite his own circumstances being dire. And so my encouragement, you know, I talked the question at the beginning, like how do y'all serve the church? I would, you know, I, let's encapsulate this. What does humility look like? I'm pulling one application out of a plethora, you know, but going back to what Russell said, if what we believe impacts how we think, one of the ways we can be humble and look after the interests of others is by just simply desiring to serve others. And it can be, you know, what y'all said at the beginning, it can be serving in our church. It can be serving, you know, I think family, it can be serving it's just verses three and four. If we just did them right, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant. And I could say that over and over and over. And I'm talking to myself here too. You would know better than anybody <laughs> that I struggle with being humble. Cause that's a really hard thing to do perfectly. Yeah. Christ's example. Yeah. You know what? It is discouraging. Cause I know I'll never get it that right. <laughs> yeah. 
So I say this, listener, if you are in Christ, you are called to be a humble servant, to do the work that the Lord has laid out for us. It might be hard. It will involve sacrifice. It will involve caring for those around us. But there is a joy. Paul, that rejoicer, here's the, there, let me say that. There is a joy that is found in the Lord that is only found in the Lord. So might we strive to be model servants, humble servants for the glory of the Lord. To our friends that are listening, we trust you will let the word of Christ dwell in you richly this week. No matter how you're getting this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment or review. It really helps us out. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to knowthewordpodcast.com for all the details. Thanks for listening.